It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs, and I'm thrilled that you're tuning in today. Today is part two of a very serious discussion we began last week. I know I've used that phrase a time or two in talking about the seriousness of our topics, but after all, this is Engage in Truth. That's what we do is go deeper into God's Word together to navigate some of these very serious topics, some that uh, well really entail what's going on in the landscape of our culture today, and others, maybe they're topics we just don't cover all that often in church today. And today's topic is one of grief. How is we? How do we as believers overcome grief? How do we navigate this very intense emotion, one that can really follow us for a majority of our life if not dealt with correctly and even affect our relationships in and outside of the church with our spouses, our immediate family, even into our spheres of influence such as our workplace and beyond? We can find that Grief that has not been healed, wounds that have not been addressed, can follow us throughout many, many years. And last week, we talked a little bit about some of those kinds of of life-changing moments, circumstances that can give us grief that... Maybe we just even struggle to put a label to if if we've been disappointed, wounded by someone of trust, maybe a loss of a child in the womb, even the loss of a spouse or a very close family member or friend, a number of ways that we grieve. And now, of course, in our short time together, it's very difficult to capture all of the ways that we grieve. But in this, we find that there's a bit of shame at times that we just don't want to talk about it or we lack the words to properly communicate some of the emotional trauma that we may be going through. Maybe that shame is that I should be over this by now. As a Christian, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't allow this to even cripple my ability to be fully in the moment, where I'm even suffering from a bit of depression as a result of this unspoken grief. It's a root that affects the entire tree and all of its branches. So what we covered a little bit last week We just gave a couple pointers at the very end of our program about overcoming grief. And to help us do that here again today, to just talk about the very seriousness of this, Dr. Steve Ford is back with me here in the studio. Dr. Ford, always so good to have you with us. Thank you, John. It's always great to be here. And I know you and I both feel so blessed to have the opportunity to share this time together and share it with the listeners and what the Lord is doing, what the Lord has to say. I think Engage in Truth is such a great name for the show. There's nothing light and fluffy going on here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we just we dive deep into the Word of God and the truths of God, and I think that is just such a blessing. I know it's blessed me so much, and I know it's blessed our listeners. And Amen. we made a great point the last time we were together about how if we don't address grief, that it can build up and we can wind up blowing up. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons they say hurt people hurt people. That's right. Is those sort of things, those wounds tend to build up over time. And it it sort of reminds me of an an abscess. You have some kind of an infection. And unless you drain it completely, it will just continue on, continue to grow, continue to fester. And these wounds are just like an abscess. They need to be opened up and they need to be drained, exposed to sunlight. And we need to get that infection taken care of. And and definitely the Lord can heal those things. And we there are certain wounds that I personally believe that only the Holy Spirit can heal in us. Right. We can do all the right things. We can talk to people. And there are, there are great things that we can do as far as regards to 
trying to address these things ourselves. But sometimes there just comes a time and a point when only the Holy Spirit can heal these wounds, and God is more than willing and able to do so. That's right. I think, Dr. Ford, I'd really love for you just to pick up as we ended last week, you were sharing very personally some of your own journey. As we've talked about a number of ways people grieve, for you, I, I know that this was a very a uh, difficult, painful experience. And as we were concluding our program last week, I, I just shared at least a couple points toward the end of how we overcome grief. And I know that in and through your journey, you probably had picked up a, a few things in, in your relationship with God as he drew you closer through that hardship. Can you share with our listener again as you're able? And I know this is a very personal painful, um, maybe even tear-filled journey. And I, I only want you to cover what you feel comfortable doing, sure. uh, but I know God has done a lot of healing in you. Yeah. His name is Faithful and True for a reason. Amen. And God is faithful and true in the good times and the bad. And we had mentioned last show that, quoting Socrates, that the unexamined life is not worth living. So I think it's reasonable that as we go through some of these things, we ask, what are we supposed to learn here? What, mm-hmm. are we, what are we supposed to draw from these experiences that we've had? And how do these things draw us closer to the Lord? And one of the lessons that I had, I really had four major lessons that I was able to take out of the experience after my wife had died. The first was to live life in daytight compartments, just one day at a time. Mm-hmm. We see Jesus says in Matthew six thirty four. therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What I didn't realize in, until this actually happened is that was not a suggestion, that it was a command from Jesus. It's not a suggestion. He's actually commanding us to only take one day at a time. Right. He built us, he designed us, and he knows that we're going to freak out if we try <laughs> to go past one more one more day. We're going to be filled with anxiety and fear and all those sorts of things. So he really designed us to focus on each day, living each day fully, walking with him through that day, and then on to the next day, but really just focusing one day at a time. And it doesn't mean that we're not concerned about the future. We're not making preparations. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that we shouldn't be overly fearful. Uh, we were told you know, that, that only with faith can we please God. So mm. uh, we need to make sure that we're trusting God. Personally, I, I feel for myself that I'm not trusting God. I see that as sin in my life, actually, mm. um, because I don't feel like that is pleasing to God. I think God is, is very pleased when I do trust him. And that's easier said than done. That's definitely a work in progress. Yeah, um, but I think that's very important that we do take one day at a time. The other thing I learned is that control is by and large an illusion. Mm. We really don't have that much control in this life. Uh, we think we do. But in the end, there is very, very little that we can actually control. And luckily for us, blessedly for us, we have a sovereign God who's in control of everything, so we don't have to control it. (laughs) Because as you've said before, God has already seen the end from the beginning. None of this is happening by coincidence. None of this is catching God unaware. So God is fully large and in charge and knows exactly what's happening. He is completely sovereign. If he weren't, he would not be God. So God is sovereign. So we need to keep that in mind that we have our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, watching over for us, advocating for us, taking, you know, taking care of us, and then we have the Holy Spirit in us to, to help us grow and to sanctify us. Another one was don't sweat the small stuff. When Kim died, I became a single parent of three kids, hmm. and we had had a very traditional marriage where I went to work and she stayed home and did the grocery shopping and the laundry and all that sort of stuff. And and so I got to learn how to cook and grocery shop and do laundry and do all the rest of those sort of things. And it made me realize that, well, there's just so many things that I used to worry about that really just weren't that important. 
They right. just really were not that important in the greater scheme of things. And it's so easy to, to get sidetracked down rabbit trails that actually take us away from the, the, the work that the Lord has for us and that he's doing in us. Mm-hmm. And we just need to make sure that we keep our eyes focused on him Amen. and not get sidetracked by things that in the end are just, you know, hay, wood, and stubble. They're not mm-hmm. gold, silver, and precious stones, and they have no eternal value. And that's a reasonable question for us to ask as we face different situations is, does this really have lasting significance? Does this really have eternal value or is this something really worthy of my time or not? All right. So another thing that I, that I learned during that time was to really live every single day like it may be your last because my wife had died suddenly, as you had said with your brother-in-law. Right. He was there one moment, he was gone the next. And we just don't know. We don't know when our time is going to be. And it, it doesn't mean eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But it just means, you know, live today. Like if you knew you were going to to die tomorrow, as we were talking about small stuff and you're thinking about things, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, is this really that big of a deal, this thing that I'm so worried about or this thing that I'm so concerned about? Mm-hmm. And it really just helps put things in perspective and to live each day for the glory of God, loving and serving and honoring him, trying to accomplish his will and purposes yeah. and that everything that we do should be able to be offered to him uh, and to glorify him. That's right. Amen. And when those are I mean, really powerful takeaways, and they seem practical, maybe simple enough, but very difficult to apply every day. I I think just like we can really say, hey, you know what, we need to be in the Word every day and praying every day, and and let's go to church on Sunday, and let's see how successful we are at the end of the week after just having said what we just said. Uh, It's difficult to put into practice, and yet we, we just have to keep filling our mind with truth, dwelling on that truth, that whatever is of a praiseworthy content. These are the things that we dwell on because it will give us a greater uh, strength, a foundation when we go through these difficult times. And it's not a matter of if, but when, and yep, we know that to be exactly true. Right. It always seems to be somebody else. Somebody else is going to go through that. It won't right. be me. Right. And then it is me. And then uh, then suddenly the panic kicks in. And right. it's like all of a sudden that, that all-powerful God we've been worshiping becomes very finite in our mind in the midst of that chaotic moment or that that great struggle that we're going through. And that's why, as you listen to this, maybe you haven't gone through the kind of pain that we've already mentioned, the loss of a spouse or or someone very close. I would suspect most of you have, but as you're listening to this, maybe you haven't. And so what you're doing right now is you're preparing yourself with a solid foundation to know that there is victory on the other end. And, And let me give you a couple points we shared last week in brief. Is it number one, it is important to express this pain to God, whatever it is. He is a a very good listener. I, I don't know about you, but if you've really cultivated a close communion with God by way of prayer, and if you haven't, I encourage you to do so, that in that time of prayer, he is a good listener. And as the psalmist would do, they would express that pain to God, and it would turn to joy, even when you don't see a moment where there seems to be a response but yet that peace that surpasses understanding by way of the Holy Spirit seems to just flood over us, even in our times of resting, where finally you're able to sleep and you didn't realize it, that that was something that you were lacking and it was affecting everything else. But we see that God understands us in Psalm 139, verse 2. And there's another important part of this, and that's sharing it with others and surrounding yourself by a good community of brothers and sisters, whether that Hopefully, we'll be at a church or whether it's a small group fellowship, wherever that might be, 
And we as the listeners, maybe you're not going through this personally, but you may be surrounded by individuals who are, and you don't fully understand what they're going through. You seek the Lord for understanding. You be sensitive to them and eager to serve as Christ has done for us in washing our feet, if you will. Romans 12, 15 tells us to mourn with those who mourn. Again, not a suggestion, not a recommendation, but a directive for his people to bear one another's burdens. It's a privilege to do that. And Dr. Ford, as we maybe shift gears now a little bit, before the program we were talking about this, that we can go through the science, the psychology of how to navigate grief as many counselors will do and spend years sometimes with those whom they're seeing on a regular basis. For me, it's extremely helpful to put my eyes back on the magnitude of God and to contrast myself with His majesty and awesomeness, because what we find is that when we really gravitate to the power and awesomeness of God, then suddenly whatever trials that we're going through, we realize who's really in control of everything. And if he's totally in control, as we believe him to be, not an opportunist, not a reactive God, who's steering almost like water running downhill, looking for the path of least resistance, and ultimately hoping to get to the end which he has devised, but rather a God who is weaving a grand tapestry with the end in mind and already sees the finished result. If we believe that, I believe that our perspectives of even the adversity we go through take a whole different paradigm. We start to see things differently and we start to even appreciate the adversity as almost a prescription of a doctor who loves us. You need this. Uh, Maybe even your command sergeant major that's putting you through boot camp because he sees the finished product of the soldier you could become, the prayer warrior you should be, the disciplined reader of the word you ultimately need to become. He knows exactly what is necessary in our path to get us to where he has seen the finished result of the refiner's fire, where all of the impurities are purged, and out comes one that's reflecting his glory. And so all of us have a different path. And the fact that he could take millions upon millions of believers and perfectly prescribe what is necessary for us to reflect his glory through those adversities, and and out comes exactly what he's been seeking. This also bears in mind the infinite nature of his mind. Right. That if we, as we talked right. about earlier, yeah. if we for a moment think that we could do this, if only we had more capacity, we're not even close. Right. Uh, and we're talking about a God who has no beginning and no end. He was never created, never birthed. That blows our mind right there. Yeah. And let me just share some statistics with you on this. When I look this up scripturally, it just blows my mind. You and I have talked about this <laughs> offline, and it's just fun when you just com- comprehend the size of what our God is capable of. Scriptures give us these glimpses. For example, I've shared with our listeners a time or two about the God who holds the Pleiades in his hand. According to Job 38, 31 to 33 and Amos 5, 8, he says he put it there. He holds it there. With his own hand, he's placed the Pleiades there. It's a cluster of seven stars. And when we really measure that, it's got a tidal radius of 43 light years across. 
That means you'd be traveling at the speed of light, which, by the way, you could go around the Earth's equator seven and a half times in one second at the speed of light. So you're going to travel 5.88 trillion miles in one year if you're going the speed of light. This is 43 light years across. That means you're going to go 5.88 trillion miles for 43 straight years to get to the other side of this. And God holds that with his hand. In fact, if you're traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 100,000 years just to travel across the Milky Way galaxy alone. One galaxy. In fact, there are so many stars that God has created in our Milky Way galaxy, it would take you 2,500 years just to count every single star if you counted a star every second. Okay, now that, that again, that's just one galaxy amongst all of them. So when we look up into the heavens, we see an intelligent, wise, amazing God that is so much bigger than all of us put together. And R.C. Sproul said, men are never duly touched and impressed with a conviction of their insignificance until they've contrasted themselves with the majesty of God. Amen. And then Dr. Michael B. He adds to this. He says that there are three billion codes in the human body, which you as a doctor, you know quite well. Three billion codes in the human body through DNA, which makes the human body even more complex than the universe or at least our solar system. And when you think about that, then it starts to put it all into perspective here when Job was looking up to God and asking why. And in a way, he's trying to be respectful. He's not going to curse God and die, but he was lamenting the day he was born. He's not understanding the adversity that's coming upon him. And as God then gives him two full chapters of a tongue lashing, where were you when I created (laughs) such and such, right? right? And he says, this is Job's response, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. I talked of things too wonderful for me to know. And this reflects at least three points. I'd love to get your feedback, doctor, on this. That number one, that God says that he saw the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46.10, that he is omnipresent, according to Psalm 139, and that there are no accidents, that all things are according to the counsel of his will, Ephesians 1.11. Okay, so if we've got a God who's that in control, as you mentioned, we have this illusion in our minds that we have control, but yet we have a God who's fully in control, that he knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, he knows the number of the hairs on our head, that everything that's happened in our lives, even those who may have physically harmed us, those who have disappointed us, the loss of loved ones, our house burning down, our memories being lost, heirlooms that were unreplaceable being yep. lost, whatever it might be, all of this was seen by God before he ever gave Adam breath to his body. Can we process that? Probably not. But if we can even get a glimpse, can we finally sit back and just go, wow, everything is in proper order, even in the midst of what appears to be chaos, that Satan is still on a leash. That no matter what, the adversity that I've experienced in all of this, he will be glorified. And we're victorious on the other end of this. We're not defeated. We're not losers. We're not the rejected. If we belong to Jesus Christ, he has purposed all things for the good of those called according to his purpose. I mean, Amen. doctor, I know you've lived and breathed yep. this. Yep. Well, what are eight, your thoughts? Romans 8, 28. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. No, I love that. I mean, so many, so many great points that you covered and that we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said in this life, you'll have tribulation, but mm-hmm. be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So his spirit now lives in us. If he overcame the world through his power, we can overcome the world. And I love what Oswald Chambers has to say about so many of these things. He says, it's not about 
outcome. You may think that God is leading you in a certain direction for a certain outcome. It's about obedience. I mean, our mm. life with God is all about obedience. Amen. God can, will, can and will accomplish his will and purposes. Uh, and our relationship with him, it's will we be obedient or not? That's right. And and just those things, keeping that that one day at a time focus. And you know, how can I be obedient in the decisions that I make today, and right. glorify God? How can I follow His promptings and do those things that He wants me to do? But it always cracks me up uh, reading about Jesus' statement of you know that God knows every sparrow that falls, and you are worth many sparrows. It's like, well, thanks. You know, so <laughs> every time I read that, yeah. um, it just it just totally cracks me up. But. Uh, just the intimacy that God has with his creation, that even as a, a bird as small as a sparrow falls mm. to the ground, it doesn't do so without his will, without his knowledge, without his permission That's right. for that to happen. Well, you think about what Colossians tells us, that he holds everything together. Right, holds everything together. Nothing is held together without him. I find we, so much comfort in that. Oh, we've, we've talked yeah. about that Higgs boson and yeah. the ideas mm-hmm. that they were at the CERN-Hadron Collider where they're trying to find the, right. the ultimate power source that holds right. all particles together. And, and as they dig deeper and deeper, <laughs> all they find is sort of this non-locality that there's a power right. source holding the universe together that they can't seem to locate right. that is beyond uh, human comprehension or understanding. And they think, well, we just have to go smaller. Yeah. And to keep going smaller it's like the smaller they go the more they see god yeah the, the bigger they look up into the heavens the more they see the handiwork of god of right. romans 1 I, I think of first chronicles 29 chapter 29 verses 10 to 12 he says yours O lord is the greatness the power and the glory the Amen. victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yep. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Amen. What amen. powerful words. And then I'm also reminded, of course, as we've quoted often, Psalm 139, 14 to 16, as we talk about that we were fearfully made, even in the secret place, that he wove us together, that even our unformed body was seen by him. And then right at the end of that section, he says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before right. one of them came to be. Yeah, there's a lot of comfort in that. Oh my goodness, isn't it such? I mean, I find that there's such a peace in that, that to think that, okay, if I, okay, let's simplify it. If say a, a, a great uh, difficulty happens, maybe it's something even minor, for example, a flat tire today, right. and you miss that appointment and you didn't close the sale because you were late for that appointment, we can grieve and then we start to get frustrated with those around us. Oh, well, if hadn't, so many people hadn't moved to the city and if that guy hadn't <laughs> cut me off and, and if my wife hadn't called me and distracted me right. before such and such, and then we play, play the blame game. Yeah. And if we truly believe that God is orchestrating all, maybe then we can finally release that illusion of control and say that in this, he purposed my delay. Right. Am I at peace with that? Yeah. He purposed even my pain. Yeah. Can I be at peace with that? How many times did the devil want to sift me that he didn't give permission to him to do that? Yeah. Right. If we could only imagine how much the Lord has protected us from today, yeah. maybe we'd have a, a sense of gratitude rather than frustration with God. Definitely. That was one of my, another lesson from my experience uh, with my time with the Lord was by his very nature, God is the God who takes bad things and turns them into good things. Mm. And that's, that's not just something God does. That's who God is. Amen. So even when you look at the story of Joseph, and how bad it looked for Joseph. And God turns it into this amazing thing. And as you were talking about, if I understand correctly, the Hebrew says that when Joseph is talking to his brothers, that you wove this into something bad, but God wove this mm. into something good. 
yeah. for God's intentionality through the entire process that he intended for that to happen, all these things that happened to Joseph. And of course, our example of Joseph's faithfulness, which is amazing. But the other thing it brings to mind is that you know, in, in God's eternality and his, his view and his power is that our names were written in the Lamb's book of life before the worlds were created. Mm-hmm. And that in him we live and move and have our being and all things were created by him and through him and for him. So there's so much comfort in that and so much reassurance in that. Amen. Amen. I, and it's so easy to take our eyes off of that, which is why we have this program. Right, exactly. Right, that we can remind right. our listener of the all-powerful nature of God, that when we're uh, maybe uh, succumbing a bit to depression, frustration, grieving in our hearts over some some matter that seemed to be beyond our control, that we've kind of uh, taken what's been given to us and we feel like we've been unjustly served, yeah. that if only... Uh, well, why didn't my parents leave me that great inheritance? If if only I'd had this instead of this, and and we and we get into this posture of ingratitude, and I think that when we really examine this for what it is, what we find is a God who loves us beyond what we can ever imagine, Definitely. and and so I hope that as our listener, you have been encouraged, even over the last couple of weeks, reminded. Of, of the majesty of God in the midst of your sorrows, and you have a safe place in him to surrender your heart and reveal the depths of even your wounds to him, and, and he will heal. He will he heal will. you, and it's okay to, to surrender those things to him, even if you can't put it to words. He's already heard your prayer before you spoke it. It's an act of obedience, and it's an act of intimacy that he gives to us, that we can speak to the Most High God in his very place of authority, and he will receive you. And it's almost like an Abba Father with his arms wide open, with all that's going on around his throne. He sees his child, and he almost like brings you up to his lap and says, shh. <laughs> that's right. Know, this is my that's child. A great image. And, and I love on. that intimacy. Well, I hope you've been encouraged today. We want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth. If you want to listen to this broadcast and others, go to calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, and services are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays, and we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care. <laughs>